Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Anyway, Michael, I'm sorry I hung up on you. I hit the wrong button. You know, it's funny, like, the buttons are right next to each other. I don't know why the drop button and the pickup button are right. right we need more space. We need more space. Like, like all the way across the room? Yeah, maybe not quite that much, smarty pants. Anyway, I apologize, Michael. No disrespect. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? We're good. We've been debating football games here for a little while. Arkansas is playing at BYU this week. I like the under. Coach likes the over. Okay, so we got some issues for Arkansas defensively. I don't know if you noticed. I'm trying to be nice, Coach. Be nice. Uh, BYU's not 100%. They're kind of unhealthy. That's why the line's moved in Arkansas's favor. What do you expect? High-scoring affair, wild shootout, or relatively low-scoring like last week with Notre Dame? Low-scoring, close to the best. And here's the thing. I think I think low scoring is good for both teams. The reality of it is, and obviously you mentioned BYU with some injury issues. Arkansas got their own injury issues as well. And so keep it low, keep it slow, and, and let's get through this game. And last possession wins. I think we're going to see a pretty close game. I think it's going to be a close game too. I hope so at least. Uh, the other one we're thinking, so Bryce Young, no. What happens with the Bama game? Bryce Young, yes. What happens with the Bama game with Tennessee? All right, so Bryce Young, no. This is going to be adventures in babysitting, basically. Like, this is – and by babysitting, I mean babysitting Jalen Milrow to get him through a football game. And, and that means they may have to change their entire offense, which could be a benefit to them as they play Tennessee, but it also could be a detriment. But they can – I think we're going to see Bama Classic, you know? Like, remember when Coke went back to, like, yes. use real sugar now? Yeah. I think we're going to see Bama Classic where it's like, we're going to run the ball 45 times and – run a couple play-action passes to push it down the field without Bryce Young. With Bryce Young, it's a team that is very comfortable scoring 42 points. If they can score 42 points, then in Tennessee, it's gonna, then we're going to see a shootout because I don't think they're going to stop Tennessee. I do think that what we're going to end up with is a team that – or, excuse me, is a game where if you trade blows with them, that offers up. And we thought, we've seen this in the Big 12. I know you obviously follow Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I know you follow the Big 12 as well. But we've seen those trading blows games, whether it was TCU-Kansas or it was – Texas Tech and um, Oklahoma State, those trading blow games where you score, I score, you score, I score, we score, it's one of those things where at the end of the game, you're going to be in trouble, and it's not the same. And and this is something I want folks to understand. There's a humongous difference between those trading blows games where you're trading scores versus a game where you're hoping the other team doesn't score because then you have to score, which is what something like Iowa and Illinois was. Mm. Iowa and Illinois was like, I don't know what it was, but I would have rather watched the Titanic sink, frankly. 9-6 to six, the final, those who missed it. Um, okay, so here's the question about Tennessee, and we can move on to some other games here, and I'm sure Wes has some questions. Tennessee's defense against the run is very good statistically, and we all know how bad it is against the pass. Are they decent against the run or pretty good against the run, or is it skewed because people were thrown all over the yard on them? I think it's, I think it's a little column A, little column B. I think here's the reality for me when I watch Tennessee. They are very good when they can get to the quarterback. If they can get to the quarterback, be disruptive, then they get you harried and they cause problems. Well, that, what do you, how do you add into that? So what you add into that is the idea that when they are um, against the run, they're dialed in. That's easy. But against the pass, what they have to do is get to the quarterback because their secondary is not very good. So they have to get to the quarterback. When they get to the quarterback, you see success. That's what we saw this past weekend, right? They got to Jaden Daniels. They found ways to create problems, and they got to the quarterback, and they had success. But the problem for them is if they don't get to the quarterback, then guys are going to be running open. It's the same thing that they do. It's exactly what Tennessee actually does, which is, hey, our quarterback buys time through play action, through run action, 
And as he buys himself time, now he sees speed, he sees space, he finds a guy and hits him. The same things, they're susceptible to the same things that they like to do to other teams. So the big thing for me is, can they get to Milrow? Can they get to Young if he plays? Uh, if they can get to him, they can be successful. If they can't get to him, they're going to get picked apart, similar to every other defense will. Uh, but I think the big thing for me watching them play is they're getting confident. And that's the part that's a little scary is the defense is feeling a little confident. And if they're feeling confident after the Florida game, into the LSU game, confidence is a thing that, that, that kind of pushes you forward a little bit more than just having a scheme on paper or getting a, a scouting report. I want to ask you about an ACC game, Clemson at Florida State. This one kind of surprises me when I looked and saw Clemson's only favored by three and a half. Why is that? It's in Tallahassee first I, I off. Think it's the, Ooh. Say what? I said it's in Tallahassee <laughs> first off, but obviously Wes isn't intimidated by that. Oh, no. I um, No, I think, the, I think the reason it's only three and a half is because, yes, it's in Tallahassee, but the other part is Florida State does feel like a wild card. We still aren't sure what we're getting from them, right? Like on a game-to-game basis. Uh, this is a team that they, we've seen them start out like gangbusters and, and hit that big wide receiver transfer they got and go out and, and, and run the football. But we've also seen them start really, really slow and have to call their way back into things. So I think they're such a mercurial wild card. Nobody knows what to expect. So you put the number at you know, a field goal. And the other part with Clemson is Clemson, every blowout that they've had, and, 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 and by blowout, I mean every time they've won by more than – you know, a score. Every 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 multi-score game, every time they've won by double digits, it's a slow build. Really slow. Like, North Carolina State, that was a slow build, where NC State was down by a score in the fourth quarter, and ultimately they went by 10, but it was a slow build. BC even, even though they won 31-3, to it was a slow build of, we're going to do this, and we're going to... Clemson is, Clemson is a very methodical football team, and it's I don't know if people don't like it. They're not as explosive as, as we've seen them be in the past with guys like Sammy Watkins or Mike Williams or uh, T. Higgins even. They're mm-hmm. not as explosive as those guys. So this is a team that slowly builds up. But if, a slow, if you have a slow build and you stumble a little bit, that means the other team is going to stay in the game, and I think that's what we're looking at with Florida State. Okay. Interesting. All right, I'm most intrigued by the USC-Utah game. On paper, these two teams are very, very close as far as what they're scoring, what they're allowing. I want to believe in USC, and I want them to win the game. They're catching points on the road, and this is obviously going to give one of these teams a, a front-runner position for the uh, Pac-12 championship game. And, of course, Utah's coming off that loss at UCLA, which the Bruins are playing great. What do you, what do you think here? I think that USC is walking into a hornet's nest. Uh-oh. And this is a this is a Utah football team that is embarrassed of how they, – they, they, the two losses they had are not like – we, we can accept this and go forward losses. Losing to Florida was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Getting beat down by UCLA and not being the toughest team in the room, that's like, you know, the guy at the bar that's just, you always assume he's just the toughest guy at the bar, and, you know, you've seen him throw guys out by the scruff of their neck. That's what Utah is. And then somebody walked into that bar, and they beat the wheels off of him. <laughs> and so the next fight that he's in, he's going to make sure he punishes somebody. And I think USC is going to get some of that punishment. On Saturday. Mm, okay. Interesting. Big Ten game, Fox High Noon game, Michigan Penn State. What do you think? Are either of these teams good? Like, let me. Can I ask you guys? Are they good? Coach, coach is not, we're talking to Coach Kelly here I think, too. I think <clears throat> Mich- I've always been 
against Michigan, even when they've been preseason ranked high and go through the season like, yeah, but it's freaking Michigan. This year, I think for the first time, they may be better than everybody thinks. And I, 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 I hate to say that because that always comes back to bite you if you talk about Michigan. But I do. I think this year they're worthy of what they're ranked. Okay. I, I just, I'm still not sold on them. I mean, I watched them play Indiana, and I was like, hey, man, Indiana in the fourth quarter, if they, they make some better decisions, they got an opportunity to win that football game. And then Penn State, obviously they go down and they beat Auburn, and Penn State's a football team that clearly – um, they're still they're they're skate. There's not. I haven't seen a team this into the middle of the season skate underneath the radar the way that Penn State has. But they're slowly kind of bubbling up just because they haven't lost anybody. But I don't know that they've really beaten anyone either. And that's the big part. Um, so this is going to be an interesting football game. Right? Obviously, it's the big the big the Big Ten game, the high noon game, the big noon kickoff, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just this is one of those things where I certainly am curious to see how they approach this football game. Neither team wants to score probably more than, I'm going to call it conservatively, I'm going to call it 24 points. Mm-hmm. They're pretty happy at 24. Yeah. And we're going to see Blake Corum. We're going to see what Sean Clifford can do. We're going to see both of these defenses try to kind of manhandle each other. But it's, this is, I, I just, I don't know. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, do you think it's, do you think it, I, someone said the other day, said, I'd love to see an undefeated Michigan, undefeated Ohio State at the end of the season. And I was like, I wouldn't. Because if it's an undefeated Michigan at the end of the season, that means that Michigan can get into the playoff with that one loss. But we haven't seen Michigan do anything of note. I think I'm with you on the under. I like it. I mean, the thing about Penn State is they're coming off a bye, but their last outing was a 17-7 win against a Northwestern team that all of us understand has significant limitations. Don't tell Nebraska I I I thought the fact that Michigan was able to score 27 points on Iowa – I mean, just because Iowa slows the game down, their defense is awesome, and people are scoring like three points a game on them. I, I thought that was a staple in, in what they believe they are as a team and on yeah. offense. We can play that game or we can play this game. That's good. The over-under is 51.5. That's why I like the under. I'm with Michael. I think low-scoring slugfest Michigan yeah. wins, too. Over. Again, yeah, I go, I disagree I go on that one, too. too. I just don't, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to score. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. I don't think there's going to be a lot of excitement. or like. I think this is going to be one of those games that we – I mean, we we just talked about the Iowa Illinois game. Yeah. I think that it'll be better than that. Obviously, like I think we're we're looking at that as well because both teams are going to be so risk averse. That's the, the goal is going to be don't make mistakes, you, and then they'll make, hopefully hopefully the other guy makes a mistake before we make them. You, you know, you said you didn't you didn't know about Penn State having a, having a really good win. I think the Purdue win will look better and better as you go along in the season. A bad bad deal against Syracuse right there, but that's your only loss besides them. I think the Purdue win is going to look better. And better. I like Purdue. Yeah, I give Purdue some love. Yeah, I mean, listen, they beat they beat my boys, they beat Maryland. So listen, I got to give them props for that because I'm a I'm a big listen. I, I love Maryland. I thought Maryland was poised to have a really big season, and then obviously you lose to Purdue, and losing to Purdue stinks. And then not only do you lose to Purdue, you also you lost to Michigan. They they had two games on their racket, and both of those are what they one score games, and they couldn't get the job done in both of those because this is a Maryland team that is what what are they two three plays away from being an undefeated football team right now? Yeah, we got to run. Did you move? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I've looked. I know. I got a little reverb. I'm, I'm in an empty house in Charlotte, North no, Carolina. My in... old house. The old house. Back when I used to do the show. So you moved back to Charlotte from Chicago. Yes, sir. Okay, good. Well, I was going to hit you up because I'm going to be in Chicago. But the good news is I'm going to be in Charlotte at some point too. So I'll uh, I'll holler at you. I'm going to buy you Come a cold one. Over. 
All right, I love it. There we go. We'll have, we'll have a couple drinks, and uh, you know what? Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll make it. I'll make something for you. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> That's what I was really angling for, Michael. Thank you for picking up on that. I will talk to you soon, my friend, and we'll get you on the air in a couple weeks. See how all this plays out. See if we can tell Coach Kelly you were wrong, Coach. Under. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, man. Oh, thanks. Coach Kelly, by the way, I was down. I was down there in 2016 with Bleacher Report. Oh, that's right. I knew. I knew. I was like, where's that name? I know that name. I know that's what it was. That's cool. That's cool. He played. Good at, he played at uh, UNC uh, when they played defense back in the day. Well, they hadn't done that in a while. No, yeah. it's been a minute. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. That is a long time. You guys take it easy. That's a bad parting See shot. It. I apologize. All right, Michael Feller, always good on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline.